Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Seeking What They Sought. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Leiter, and I get to say now for the fourth season in a row, welcome to the party. Well, 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 here we are again. Season four is here and we are excited. In fact, more than excited, elated. So good to be back with you guys uh, once again. And just want to pause before I continue and thank you all so much for the past three seasons, for all of your listening, for everyone who has listened, liked, shared, subscribed. (laughs) I sound like a YouTuber, but... um, what it's worth, just want to say thank you guys so much for listening, for recommending, for um, those of you who have reached out to us, sent us text messages or um, affirming messages and encouragement. We really appreciate you guys, and uh, it is just an honor to have these conversations and to have you guys listen. So, um, for our first episode, this one's a little bit of an interesting one. Um, this actually marks kind of a momentous moment. This is the very first episode that I was not a part of. And I'm not sure how that happened. I'm usually, you know what, I'm just going to boast for a second. I'm the stalwart one of the group. Let's just get this, let's get this sorted first. I'm the stalwart one of the group. They're all going to tell you that's not true, but it is. Look at me, look how consistent I am. I've been in every single episode of Seeking What They Sought three seasons in a row, and this is my first absent moment. What a moment that is. Anyway, this episode has the guys sort of talking about what's been going on with us for the past year while we've been in hiatus. And another fun fact is I have actually not heard this episode yet. They <laughs> they recorded it, and then they asked me specifically not to listen to it. So I have no idea what they're about to say in this episode. I'm assuming it's all ridicule as a friend group. If you guys have been following us, you tend to, you probably have learned this by now, but we all believe that the sixth love languages, the sixth love language, excuse me, is ridicule. So I'm fully expecting a lot of that. Um, Let's see what happens. We're going to dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome to Seeking What They Sought. It's our new season. Season is this season four, guys? I don't even season know. Season four. How long yeah. we've been going? Season four of Seeking wow. What They Sought, and uh, I'm here with Eric and Sean. Um, and Anthony was supposed to join us um, at. We, we were. We decided we were. We're going to do this at 8 a.m. We're going to record it at 8, 8 a.m. Yep. Um, it's what is 9:24 right now. Anthony's mm-hmm. just not. Anthony doesn't exist. We don't even know where he is. He's gone. He might be dead, but he's probably just asleep. The the mistake so. we made was we forgot that he wasn't at Andrews where he was hours ahead of us. Three hours. Yeah, so he's usually three hours ahead. So if yeah. we do it early time, then... And even like, then, he, he's usually he has, still last. <laughs> yep, he's usually he's usually late. So so what we decided is because he's not here, we would just... We would intentionally focus on that over the course of the episode. Um just because uh, we're just doing it despite him. So, but uh, Eric, you have COVID, don't you? Yeah, you know it's. Uh, I said everybody's doing it, so <laughs> got to get on. Got to get it on the trend, you know. 
everybody's doing it. So if if uh, so, Eric, if everybody, all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off it too? Um, only if you guys did it first. <laughs> hey, that's less dangerous than the coronavirus. <laughs> that's, is that your hot take on this? So, Sean, let's talk about anti-vax. Let's talk about how oh, you. No. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> All right. Sean, we, we've, we've always known. Uh, so, yeah, so Eric has COVID, but you also, uh, another update in your life is you had a second child, right? Yeah, COVID, second baby, you know, which is more exciting, I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I had, a, had another kid, a second boy, and that's been pretty fun, actually. And, and I'm Sean, still on paternity leave, so that's nice. Yeah, just well, being a... Just, just being a, a lazy boy over just there. Just living it up, with, getting, getting COVID. <laughs> yeah. L- lazy lazy with two kids. That's obviously possible. But, uh, Sean, you are, you're having another kid too, right? I am. You're joining the ranks of being a girl dad, right? Yep. One boy, one girl, and then it's done. I am done after two. So, Sean, how, how are you going to ensure that you're done having kids? To- toaster accident. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> explain. There's nothing to explain. You should just know what that means. Sean, I Sean, I'm asking you because I know the answer and I just want you to talk about the upcoming surgery that you're planning on having. Yeah, we're going to actually do a uh a vlog here at Seeking What They Saw of <laughs> my whole journey. Sean's vasectomy. <laughs> so, okay, perfect. Well, so three uh, parts gonna be, uh, to that. It's going to be uh, Seeking What They Snip. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're gonna have so much fun filming it. Snipping that, what I'm she sure. shot. So. <laughs> this is okay. going great, guys. So, this is, I don't yeah, know if we is, should do another season. This is this is just this is our friendship right here. So yeah, well, I'm I'm glad, Sean. We have a. I'm gonna be at your your uh, uh, baby shower, and we're gonna be on dad duty while all of the while all of the women. Yep. I don't even know what I don't even know what you do during a baby shower, to be honest. There's it just showers babies from the sky. <laughs> you got to you got <laughs> You got to catch them. <laughs> got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you got to in in post you got to put the the Pokemon song there, the 90s anime. That's, I'll have to Google that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm really excited. It's, it's still, I, I'm definitely less nervous second go around than the first kid. Less uh, energy going towards prep, even though my wife is, let's, let's be honest. She's the one that does all the prep. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have a, a baby girl. That'll be just in a couple months, probably yet whenever this goes out might already happen. You guys ever realize like, there, there's always the stereotypes about husbands and wives, right? There's the, like the wives taking care of, of the kid and having like the, the, the brain space to, to be so much more aware of so many things happening with their, with their child. And then dads have like that whole thing is like, well, I don't even know who my kid's teacher is, you know, sort of thing. Mm, like the mom yeah, knows yeah. everything and dad. And, um, you know, what's funny is now being a dad, that is, that is so untrue. I think it's actually worse than that. <laughs> the sheer number of th- the sheer number of things my wife pays attention to that I just don't catch is it's it was is incredible. I mean it's it's uh my wife is so much better prepared for all of this than I ever will or was or will be. So 
I think we all, we yeah. can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah. So so Jesse, out of all of us, you've got um, an interesting story about the last six months, maybe seven months now. Uh, well, interesting you were, is you were, generous. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of boring, to be honest, uh, in the grand scheme of things. But you were, uh, you were a pastor in Washington State for how many years after, after graduating uh, college? Five. Five years. Just, just under five, yeah. And you are now in Southern California. What happened? What led you to the land of sin? <sighs> you know... Um, yeah, actually, so on a serious note, it's been a crazy, really, year and a half, I think, for, for my wife and I. Um, when COVID hit, the church that I was at, one of, the, one of the churches that I was at, and when I was at the majority of the time, was uh, at a pretty good good place, and then COVID hit, and COVID did a number on on it. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. I, there's a lot, still lots of stuff I could take responsibility for. There's lots of stuff that's just, you know, the nature of, of COVID and what it did to us as a society had a role to play. There's a lot of where the church was at. The church is kind of at a space where 50% of the people there were like new, hadn't been there for a long time. And so when COVID hit, they weren't as connected as people who'd been there for 10, 20 years, you know. So a lot of the people who were there right when COVID hit and were new, they just, they were, they were out, you know, gone mm. yeah. within, within a month. So it was just one of those things where I, I remember a month into, a month into COVID, I just felt like, I felt, um, I felt like it was a, a, a break. I felt, I didn't realize how exhausted I was. Mm. Um, and of course, like, I mean, we joke about COVID and all that stuff, but obviously it's, it has been a very serious thing for a lot of people. But for me, it was kind of in that space of, I don't know, this is just, I, yeah, I didn't realize how tired I was, how exhausted I was from the last few years. And, and so I started thinking like, well, this is, if there's any time to think about changing careers or just, just trying it out, just like, you know, testing doors, this would be the time. And so actually in, I guess it would have been June of 2020, I decided to apply to a police department just to see, to be a police officer. People, whenever I say that, like, oh, to be a chaplain? No, no, to be actually, like, to be a police officer. That was right in the middle, like, right in the middle of Black Lives Matter uh, happening, George Floyd um, uh, being murdered and things like that. Like, it was just a whole, whole time in our country. (laughs) If you can, it feels like years ago. It was a year, it was like a little, it was like a year and a half ago. It was not very long ago. Anyways, um, so yeah, that all happened. Uh, the the department I had applied for was uh, obviously in a lot of turmoil as a result of all of this. It, they had to cut a bunch of background screeners and stuff. So it took like a whole year for the process to go through. And I got to the very last step of that process. We were, we had a conditional job offer. We were ready to go, ready to move. Um, had a realtor out to our house that day. And then I get a call saying that I wouldn't be moving forward from there. And that was pretty devastating. Not so much because I wanted the job like so 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 badly but just i was ready to to move on from where i was uh and um didn't know what i was gonna do and so i ended up talking to the president of the conference and just kind of like hey here's where i'm at i and uh basically i knew that i couldn't continue and give give it my all where i was at um and I think a huge reason for that was because it would be starting over 
in essence, the, where the church was at was where it, it was a, it, in a similar space to where it was when I got, when I first got there. And so the amount of emotional effort and all of that to, to re-put into that was just, it, w- it was frankly exhausting. Like I, I just couldn't, couldn't imagine doing it. And so, and that's not, that there's, there's, I don't have anything negative to say about the church as much as just this was my position in the church. I, I don't know if I could have done that. I continue to do that moving forward. So, um, in that conversation with my boss, I didn't go in there like I'm ready to quit, but he, he picked up on it that he, he in essence said, it sounds like you're, you're saying your time here is done. And I was like, well, I didn't really want to say that, but yeah, that's in essence what I'm saying, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, thankfully I had paternity leave cause we just had our baby. Um, and so I was able to take that. So for like three months, I, you know, I was able to, uh, to not work and, and start the process. I applied to like 11 other police departments, uh, and went through this whole process. Long story short, um, we had, to, we sold our house cause we didn't know when it was going to, when, when I was going to find a job. We moved in with Chloe's parents for like two months. Um, while I, the first week we got there, I was pretty far along with the department, found out I wasn't going to move forward with that. Didn't know what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden, a month later, my friend, or our friend, Josh, we've had him on the podcast before, gives me a call and he goes, uh, hey, or he sends me a text and says, would you ever work in Southern California? And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and if anyone, some some people who listen to this might know me, but for, for, for the rest that don't, um, one of the things, I spent like three months in Southern California back in 2015 working like volunteering at a church that told me i'm never moving to southern california didn't like it i'm a pacific northwest guy i didn't like the culture down here all that stuff um and then even when i quit my job as a pastor i was like okay i am not interested that uh grayson's just ready to go isn't he yeah Uh, he's uh, having a good time (laughs) when i quit my job as a pastor i knew uh, I said I said four things. I know what kind of role I'd come back to pastoring for. I said, um, and and I won't go to a university church, like an Adventist university church. I won't go to Southern California, and I won't go to an Adventist ghetto, like a place where there's a bunch of Adventists. Um, so my friend, when Josh texted me, he works at Loma Linda University Church. So God was like, <laughs> well, I'll give you the position that you were wanting, but the other things we're going to have to reconsider. Um, and so, yeah, long story short, we came down here and it was like, Hey, this is, this could actually, this could actually work. We, I wasn't coming down desperate to find a job or anything. We were ready to turn it down if we didn't, if it didn't feel right, Yeah. but it just, yeah, it felt right. So yeah, that's, that's an overview of the story. Well, it's good to have you here. Welcome to the promised land. Yeah. So now Eric and I, we live what? we live like three minutes from, well, I guess I, I work two minutes from where Eric works. Sean, you live like an hour away. It's it's like a whole other country. It's like it, it's like it literally is. like I mean, you could live on another continent an well, hour away. In I'm Southern in a California. different conference, so in Adventism, a different conference is like a different denomination, basically. Yeah, so it's really weird because like SECC, where where I'm at, pretty liberal. Where you're at, it's would you mix. like to describe? It's a mix. well. I mean, it's a it's it's a mix. You can find anything. So you can find super liberal you can find super conservative i I would say you know i haven't visited every church in either conference so to to say that i have like an aggregate of knowledge (laughs) of oh this is definitively the 
Sean, in, in what world is anyone expecting you to have visited every church and every there, conference? People out there why exist. Is that, why you are know, you hey, even hey, using listen, that as a... <laughs> listen, you know the people that, that church hop, like they go, they've been to every church in the conference, like they don't, they don't settle down as a member somewhere. I don't know about that, but I don't know about that, but I, church hopping is a huge, like it's, it's, a, it's an, an, it's endemic down here. Um, oh yeah, it happens like, a bunch. It's crazy. Well, it's, here's the thing, it's, in California, you've got at least by numbers, not by percentage, obviously, of the population, but by numbers, you have a ton of Adventists down here. Yeah. Uh, I think more than anywhere else in the United States. Pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I sure. I imagine. Uh, which isn't surprising based on our state population, but um, regardless, you've got tons of churches. And so, like, for instance, the, the school I work at, San Gabriel Academy, we have 45 constituent churches for our one school. 45? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's, there's like, there's... I think the majority of schools in Adventism probably have like one or maybe yeah, two constituent exactly. churches. <laughs> so, and it's, and it's incredibly diverse, right? So you have, um, you know, high Hispanic population, um, Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, you know, you have a lot of those different um, church communities that are down here. So you just have tons of those scattered everywhere. Um, oh, because kind of a lot of the different cultural uh, or, or ethnic uh, populations have, have their own specific church yeah because yes. like i know like here there's like a chinese church there's a korean church there's yeah. an indonesian church in Loma Linda. there's yeah there's a bunch yeah. yeah so anyways um but but i mean long story short i think probably is at least perceived more conservative at least when it comes to leadership mm, uh mm-hmm. at the conference level so that's probably the easiest way to to make sense of that is it's we should actually way. i'm curious because we just talked about church hopping a bit um so Eric, you you tend mm-hmm. to go to Crosswalk, yeah, right, which is which is uh, in Redlands, which is like ten minutes away from Loma Linda. Um, I'm working at the Loma Linda University Church, but I'm specifically working with the church service called Anthem, uh, and it's kind of the contemporary church service. Uh, then what's funny is so I, on this campus, there's the Loma Linda University Church. Literally a three minute walk <laughs> away is Campus Hill. And so we have like the largest Adventist church maybe in Adventism other mm-hmm. than like, I think there's a ch- the churches in China that are probably bigger, but, um, and are in Asia that are probably bigger, but at, at least in the U S it's the biggest yeah, yeah. church in Adventism. And literally three minutes away, there's another fairly large Adventist church. And then beyond that, there's, there's crosswalk, which is a, a more contemporary modern expression of church Then you have, uh, all like all the other kind of local Adventist churches. Then you have the, the, the uh, ethnic community, churches. I mean, it's ridiculous how many churches there are. But what I find so interesting is how many people would say maybe, oh, like Crosswalk is my church or Loma Linda is my church. But then they're only there. They're only at that church like once or twice a month, maybe. And then they're like volunteering at another church or like just going to another church another week and then just gone one of the other it's like it's such a it's 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 a very weird space to be in um i don't know like what's your impression of it eric you've been here for longer i mean maybe it's just the way i view it but it kind of almost feels like in loma linda where where i live it's like it's like there's like the loma linda body of adventism you know so it's like it almost doesn't matter some ways what church you go to each week. It's like, it sounds weird, but like Loma Linda is like your church family in a way. Not like on, like on the macro scale, then, you know, like not. Well, but, the, but then it's weird because like then on the, on the individual level, there's a lot of, uh, 
it, it seems like there's a lot more consumption based Christianity rather than like people will people even get involved and do stuff but it's so busy and it's so chaotic and so crazy that like even if you are like okay, there's like the bigger like Loma Linda body but mm-hmm. but uh, at the at the individual level it it seems like there's a lot of consumption as opposed to like I'm part of something big it's like I'm consuming a church service every week and that's that's kind of the extent of it for many is is my impression of it so far yeah yeah I think that's true I think that's kind of a an inherent um part of just like large churches is it's kind of you know it's very easy for people to just come and you know then go and you're not like directly involved in putting on the church service or the ministries or anything like that but um yeah i don't know what the the answer is to that but well then it's funny because like then you have sean over here who goes to a small japanese american church uh and if you don't know who sean is sean is pretty white he's 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 quite he's very white um (laughs) but he does like anime so (laughs) that's the only reason i went uh, to that church they they just yeah that's that's it (laughs) they they should they they had an anime uh they had an an anime uh uh bible stories thing or something (laughs) super book you ever watch the original super book it's just a bible anime nope i've never even heard of that so uh but you know who would have heard of that anthony that's why we need anthony anthony gosh this guy he has he even texted no he's Um, not awake he's 100 percent not awake he's gone if he's actually dead we're all gonna feel bad so (laughs) this will age really well (laughs) we'll still post it though we'll we'll Um, we'll we'll show it at the funeral yeah there we go okay uh so going dark sean (laughs) sean you um you go to a really small church Mm -hmm. um and it's I don't know. Do you have some of the like? Because when I was when I was in Orange County, that's where I was for three months um, back in 2015, and it was ridiculous. Like the, pretty much the culture. I think I've talked about it before, but the culture, at least of youth, was um, oh, someone has a new youth program, so then all of the youth from the surrounding churches end up going there, and then someone builds like a new youth chapel, so then everyone switches over to that church, and then someone does like a new a, a new youth group and so then everyone switches to that church so then and everyone just ends up in circles like you just kind of like transition from church to church to church to church to church, to church and then and then finally you're back at the church you started at because they started something new finally and it was just like it was like this is ridiculous this isn't this is just consumption this is just trying to attract a bunch of the same adventist over and over again and then like we're not actually reaching the world we're not actually teaching people how to be a disciple we're just trying to get them to our place and that, so that's kind of like why I didn't want to come to Southern California. And, I, and I've come down here, and it's a bit different in Loma Linda, at least from my perspective. But, um, but also a lot of it's similar. What's it like where you're at? Is it similar to that? or, Yeah, I don't know. No, and I mean, I could go on a long time about this. I'll, I'll just try to focus it. Basically, I, I love the idea of a small church. I like that I know the people I worship with on a regular basis. Um, it's allowed me to have a lot of freedom on being able to support. I, I, I've i learned that I never want to be another consumption Christian again. I love the idea that I'm, uh, for the last uh, six and a half years, I've been very involved with the church. It's it's kind of backed off a little bit since Olin was born. Uh, and, and now with uh, 
baby number two on the way, kind of taking a step back from some of those leadership positions. But uh, for most of my time here, I've uh, we've started different ministries. We've um, we've been very, you know, Rochelle and I have been very involved with the church on many levels. So that's been a that's been a big blessing for for us because. I don't know if I would be in church if it was just the university setting where I just, or or just even, frankly, one of the churches you guys attend. I don't know if I would go regularly uh, if I wasn't really finding a place to get involved. And and that's not to say you can't get involved in the other places, but there will be people there to do it. And mm-hmm. in a small yeah. church, it's kind of like if you've got certain skill sets or talents or abilities, most likely there's someone else that uh, or, or there may not be someone else in the church that has that ability or maybe isn't just stepping up to do it. So I think for me, uh, you know, we started Bible studies at the church. Rochelle and I started that. Um, you know, eventually I became an elder. We started getting a lot more involved in what we're doing for outreach, what we're doing for ministry. And it, it's really great. I mean, it was it was so good for me to be a part of that. It kept me accountable to go to church, to be a part of it, to actively be involved in church. And uh, that that was really good for me. I think there's obviously downsides to a smaller church when it comes to the limited resources. You know, we don't have a pastor full-time, at least we used to not have a pastor full-time every week at the church because we're just a small church that, you know, 40 mm-hmm. to 50 of us come to the, the church every week. So, um when it comes to spiritual depth, you know, that can be a challenge when you don't have a million different programs or, or the, the big name pastor that, you know, does all these, these things. You're a smaller church. So there's, there's definitely pros and cons to it. And, you know, to be honest, this last year, um, not just with, with Rochelle being pregnant, but just some other life stuff has, has had me step down from being an elder, from doing some other things with the church. And, and it, it kind of feels a little bit guilty, even though I know it's the right thing because it was just becoming a lot to take on. Uh, the reality is church is a volunteer position. So the, mm-hmm. the other pieces that, you know, have to be there in your life take over. And so, uh, you know, a few months I stepped get down and I, I did feel bad about it because some of those ministries aren't really happening on, in the same way or maybe at the same pace as they, as they were when, when I was able to give my full attention to it. So well, in Sean, that way, I can tell you, I can tell you from from a pastor's perspective that your pastor is very disappointed in you, <laughs> and, and and he now he now he has a heavier burden because you stepped down. So yep. Uh, well, yeah. That, that's I like a backhanded feel, I hope compliment. You feel terrible. Well, Jesse, that's actually a backhanded compliment. It's like it'd dang be be- it, it would have been worse if you had said like he doesn't miss you at all, and they actually oh, are better it. off yeah, without you. Right. You should have gone that ah, route. That would have been more insulting. Shoot, I'm, I'm actually I'm really oh. disappointed in you, Jesse, messed for, up for messing this up. Um, but no, I, I really did. <laughs> I, I I, I felt you. for a while I I did feel kind of burdened. Like man, I I want to still lead Bible studies or help out with it and get these different things. There's a lot of things I wanted to help start and and do with the church and support. But you know, when you got a kid, when you got different things that are happening, it's like you kind of have to take a back seat for a bit. And and there are other people at the church doing doing great things and and all that. Um, so it's not like things aren't happening. But at a small church, people feel it. People feel it when you step back. And so in that way, that can yeah. that can feel like a disadvantage or it's just something you have to deal with. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love having a small church where I know the people, where it's it's just a very connected environment. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful Eric, for that. 
Eric, with with uh, with where you go to church, is there mm-hmm. like do you feel is it it's 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 almost the exact opposite conceptually from what Sean is saying. It, with the anthem, the church that I'm part of of uh, of now, it's like 250 people. You know, that's that's kind of that's a big day. Crosswalks a lot bigger than that. Yeah, Sean, your church is is what like a hundred. I mean, by membership, but really we get you know forty to fifty people. Oh dang! So that's yeah. even more like com- completely opposite. So so your church versus what the church Eric is going to crosswalk. Like, what's that? What what's your experience, Eric? Uh, I mean, I think honestly for us, like Michelle being a resident and having the two kids, like at this point in life, like it is kind of nice having a more quote unquote, like consumeristic church experience just cause mm. hmm. yeah. like for us, like Sabbath comes around and we just like need a break, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, uh, for sure. Especially Michelle. Um, and so it's, it is nice for us at this point in life to be able to, to just kind of like go to church and like, you know, be able to learn from a good sermon and like have some good music and, and, like have a good experience and then be able to to like relax and enjoy your sabbath and not yeah obviously like there's just there's more than one good way to to church and you know i agree that like consumerism christianity is like overall like negative but sometimes it you know it's not like 100 percent negative to be able to to just to to go to church and be blessed and to not always have to be involved with church. Yeah. Well, there's definitely like I, I definitely see the 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 need for having seasons where because like right now we're in a season where Chloe, like our daughter's seven months old, and so um, you know Chloe is able to bring her to church, but there's going to be a time where it's just it's better if she's going to Sabbath school during church because we do have it during church um, just time wise here. Um, and so Chloe won't be as evolved cause I have to be here or else I'd be taking her to Sabbath school too. I have to be at the church. So, so there's, there's a season for everything. So I get that, but it's, it's such an interesting cultural question to ask. Like, what are we, what are we doing? What are, what are we creating? What are we feeding in essence? Uh, because it, it just seems like one of those things, uh, Josh and I were talking, Josh is the, the lead pastor of Anthem. And, uh, we were talking about well, what do we want to do? Like, what's, what's the purpose of this? And it's like, well, where do we want to be in eight years? Because the culture is not going to shift, you know, next year. It's not going to shift in two years. It's going to take years to really embed a culture of community and, and, uh, not like, and, and being willing to, to, to facilitate, Hey, if you, if you just do need a place to be and sit, you know, for this season of your life, that's awesome. And we want you to be here. But at the same time, that's not the goal. That's not the end goal of Christianity. That's not the end goal of discipleship. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that culture shift seems to take a while. But then there's also, there's always like this, this, this group of people that want to be involved and are seeking more. And those are the people that I, that I love working with because they're the ones who, who have a passion to get involved. They want to be there on Saturday morning. They want to do stuff. They want to grow deeper w- w- with Jesus. So that's always fun to work with. It's, it's, it's the wider culture that is, is such a, it seems to be such a challenge. But, but Sean, you said something, you were talking about small church and, and I, I was, I was joking about your pastor being disappointed in you, but I'm actually like, there is a serious piece of that, which is, which is that it, that is, that is one of the reasons I think it was 
for me shifting out of where I was. I was the pastor of of, of one church specifically, mostly, and then another church that I was I was a pastor of, but they were they were lay run. They ran themselves for the most part. So that the church that I was pastoring for the most part was um, pre COVID, probably about a hundred on a Sabbath. I think is where we were, we were averaging, and it was awesome. It was fun. I I knew most everybody, but at the same time, you're always running up against a small volunteer pool because if you have a hundred people, out of that maybe thirty people is your actual volunteer pool of people who will, who will be consistent about helping at least. And then out of that 30 who actually would, then you have the people with kids, you have the people who are having a really busy season of life. So then your volunteer pool shrinks down to like maybe 15. And then out of that 15, it's like, well, what are the, what is their skill set? What is their, what is their passion? What do they want to do? Um, and so then you get even smaller of like what like versus like what you need versus what people actually want to do and can offer, and so it's the hardest thing because I met some of the the the, the coolest people, the most dedicated, wonderful people in small church, but small church is so hard to pastor because you're left with everything else as a pastor. Hmm. So it's not any it's not anyone else's fault. It's just the nature of small church pastoring, which is frankly exhausting. Um, because you can't specialize. So not only am I preaching every week, I'm trying to do visitation. I'm trying to uh, make sure that that we're getting certain programs up and running, and I'm trying to also train people into those things. Uh, And then that always takes a long time because for for a lot of times, especially small church with a volunteer base, the person you're training may not have the the specific skill set or or even vision for what what we're trying to do. And so that takes a while for them to catch that. And then you're also trying to uh, put out fires. You got people coming to you that have, that they just want to monopolize your time and attention for whatever reason. And there's so much that it's, it's absolutely exhausting. Um, And really all I'm sharing is that's one of the reasons I actually shifted out. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Not for my personality. There's plenty of people who can, but for my personality, like I can't keep doing this and and it be sustainable in essence yeah so Mm. yeah so so jesse how about how about your life (laughs) oh anthony oh anthony no 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 anthony's no still gone who does the best anthony impression who can talk like him i don't i don't even know i don't know get over here sean what were you gonna ask (laughs) well so so you're you're out of you you've transitioned away from that that small church um, pastor, what, like you're at Anthem now, but you haven't actually said what, what is your job? Cause I'm still, your, yeah. your job is, is as ambiguous as your ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not the only ambiguous, ethnically ambiguous person now. There's so many people that, cause it's pretty diverse down here. And so there's so many people that walk in. I'm like, are you Hispanic? Are you Filipino? Or are you, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Um, so I, my role is I'm the community and discipleship director for Anthem. So in essence, Loma Linda has three services that run. There's the first service and then the third service and the main service, the traditional one. And then right in between is Anthem. Um, it's the contemporary service. So it's, um, yeah, my role is, is the community and discipleship director. Really, I guess the, it's a, it's a, a thing that over time is going to develop into more because Anthem as a, as a church is, or as a, as a, as a thing, as an entity is only like a year and a half old, so what Josh and I have seen is 
what Josh saw first and was bringing me into was in essence that if this is, if this space is going to, to, to function well, if it's going to work, if it's going to be sustainable moving forward, it needs to be like a church community, um, part of Loma Linda university church as a whole. But, um, there's some, there's lots of people that just call Anthem, like this is their church. So, so Mm -hmm. what are they going to have? You know, so we have to offer, um, or we have to help develop a, a church community out of it. So that's kind of my first role is, developing a process for people to get connected to the church. And then second, um, as time goes on and we're able to, to solidify that part, I'm going to be working heavily in discipleship. So working in small groups, discipleship groups, uh, uh, just like biblical literacy, those types of things, like just trying to help create a pathway. So when people are in the church, it's like, okay, now I'm here. Okay, cool. I got baptized. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm part of this now I'm serving. I guess I just do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, like the, the, the goal of discipleship that, that, that I, I see with, with Jesus and his disciples is he, for three years, he just like lived with them. He, he was intensively discipling them. Um, and then there was a space where he sent them out to then disciple other people. And so there is a trajectory. There's a, there's a direction to go as followers of Jesus. Um, but we don't even get to the discipling part most of the time. And so it's a really big picture thing. I'm not even saying that it's going to happen. I think both Josh and I feel like, who knows? Like, who knows how successful a lot of this stuff will be? But we at least have to try. So that's kind of, that's my role at the moment. So it's a lot more focused. Okay. So like on a a weekly or monthly basis, has it become... <laughs> I'm, I'm asking the hard questions. Like, a, okay. I know it's a big, it's a long-term big picture thing. <laughs> I know. Sorry, just I sorry, okay. response. sorry. No, I'm, I am interested despite my, my, uh, my mediocre response. I, I'm, I'm interested. No. So when I say, okay, it's cause I'm processing. Yeah. And I, ever since you told me, Jesse, and we, I don't know if we should share the story of, of just that. Share whole, it. I know what you, I know what you're talking about. So, so when Jesse told me about, you know, and, and he came down here before he accepted the job and, and all that. And we were, you know, just looking at like, oh, uh, how are you going to share this with fam? Like, this is big news for you. You guys are looking at moving down here. And, uh, you know, have you, have you told family and stuff? And, and Jesse's like, oh, no, I actually, I just straight up haven't, uh, I haven't told anyone yet. Like you, you didn't even tell your mom. You haven't told your mom. So I was like, wait, Jesse, this is a wonderful opportunity to, uh, to tell your mom. And uh, I don't know how it came about. We were you text, asked, we were, you we asked were messaging. If you could tell her. Yeah, I, I, but we were messaging. I don't know how it led to that. But I was like, Jesse, I'm just going to tell your mom that I work at Loma Linda for like the executive board. Like I made up a position. Yeah, you did. And uh, oh, I just outed and myself. You her. I just this is you this is confession her. time. If she's listening, she's going to be so disappointed. She, she, in you, Sean, she already knows. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so Sean, Sean and I did a conference call, and then. Uh, Sean, Sean called my mom while we're so I had my phone muted and you called my mom and told her and she was like wasn't she was very excited oh yeah she was so it. excited and and in my defense it wasn't a lie like what happened was you didn't get that position I may have stretched the truth about my my role at Loma Linda <laughs> uh but uh the the actual job I think I said was true so yeah and then you so popped in at the end <laughs> yeah I just like yelled at you it was like Sean and then, yeah. Uh, but anyways, so the what were, what were you going to ask? What was <laughs> I going to ask? Oh, so what I was going to ask, Jesse, is has it, and it's early on, so I'm, I'm not putting pressure on you, but for your actual job, has it become 
a little clear yet on the day-to-day or week-to-week what your job looks like practically, like what you're doing? Yeah, so pretty much like right now, I'm trying to develop the hospitality team and the greeting team. So if someone has walked in, they've never been here before, um, and we're able to find that out, okay, like, so then how are they getting connected to the church community? What's the first step? Um, Training greeters into that process so that they can facilitate that without my intervention at all. Um, what's the follow-up to someone giving them us their information? This is, I mean, in theory, in technical terms, called the assimilation process. Like, how do you go from a first-time guest to a full, fully involved member? So that's kind of the process I'm working on right now. So, I mean, at a very basic level, it's like scheduling greeters. But at the uh, at another level, it's it's trying to get stuff as simple as like, well, how do like what's our form and what does that look like and how is that easy for it for them for somebody to fill out so we can get their information and follow up with them and then what's the process after that for them getting involved. Um, so then I have to coordinate with other leaders about, okay, well, what positions do you need? And then once we get their information, whatever they're interested in, passing that on to people. So it's, that's a lot of the day-to-day stuff. It, I mean, it's, it's and, and, but hopefully what I'm hoping to do is over time be able to then pass some of that on to another leader and then begin yeah. to work on discipleship. So, yeah. So you like to network yeah. and be, be a bit more behind the scenes. Like you're liking that change of scenery of not being up at the pulpit, doing the besi- behind the scenes networking I don't have to preach, and it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> Randy Roberts I mean, just does like, everything. <laughs> does. I like preaching. I mean, I do. I just don't like writing a sermon. And a mm. sermon is like it's very hard to write a sermon well week in, week out. Yeah. When you have when you have to do a bunch of different things, so that's where yeah, like the Lomeland is crazy. I mean, there's like twelve. There's like twelve full time pastors, um, let alone all of the local staff, of which I am one. I'm a local hire. So it's. It's a whole nother world, man. I mean, like when you have the ability for the lead pastor, Randy is the lead pastor and he is great. He's, he's a great preacher. I'm continuously impressed whenever I hear him preach because he's just a very good storyteller and, and, uh, he has such a good heart for, for letting people do, he's like told Josh several times, like whatever you think is best, you need to do it. And it's like, that's a, that's a great leader. So I'm really impressed by that. Um, it's just funny because literally i'm on this campus and there's so much money it's on a hospital campus you know it's 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 you got lots of doctors and and medical people paying tithe to to places like this there's so much money here it's crazy so then you can have pastoral roles that are specialized in different things and so um it's just a whole different world uh yeah but yeah i mean so in essence i i i am enjoying the specialization of being able to do something specific kind of behind the scenes not have to do a lot of the, the other stuff um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just, it's, it's much better for me at least. It seems yeah. like a really good fit. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Excited to see what happens. Yeah. I, you watch know, you, watch you crash it, and burn. Yeah. You know, someday <laughs> when, uh, you know, when, when there's a massive scandal, then I'm going to come back and be like, you guys enabled it. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's very vague. It's a, it's a vague threat. <laughs> <laughs> There's just been so many like random pastoral scandals that I had to I had to mention. But I mean I, I feel like I feel like I'll say this. There there is a, a large number of especially younger leaders in our church that would look because like for instance, on Instagram they introduced me, you know, on the Anthem page. <clears throat> and it's funny because of what Anthem is, it it and Crosswalk um and there's a couple other churches as well, but are, are there's only three or four really big churches or, or decently sized churches that are 
doing something that is like a moving the church forward, at least in its style of worship and it's in its the what what church looks like. Anthem is one of those places and it's kind of funny. I think a lot of people would look at you know that Instagram post and be like, "Oh, Jesse made it or he, you know, he he's got to this like really cool place. I wish I could be there." What's so funny is like you get you get to a place like this and you're just like, "This is it's the same as everywhere else in the context in in, in the context of it has just as many problems they're just different Hmm. and so what i'm what i'm finding is it's it's a much different culture because it's so busy here it's so chaotic for a lot of people i mean like eric you were even talking about how you know residency and all that stuff there's i mean there's people who they just work multiple sabbaths so then they're just not even at church except for once a month and then on top of that you're studying all week and so even if you do have a sabbath uh free for a lot of students it's like do i even want to try to go to church um and then there's the church hopping culture. There's the 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 the, uh, the problem of being part of a large church, and and making sure that like whatever you're doing in in the context of that large church is meaningful to people. Um, there's just a, a whole different set of problems, but there's just as many problems. And so for people who might be listening to this, who are like at a small church and they're just like, oh man, like I wish our church could be like that. I mean, yeah, I get, I get that. I get that feeling. But what's funny is if, if your church was like this, it would have just as many problems. They'd just be different. Um, and so it really comes down to, at least for me, I prefer these problems personality wise. I prefer the problems that I'm dealing with rather than the ones I was yeah. in, in other roles. But um, yeah, I just want to say that because there, there is kind of that feeling of like, clout of like oh someone made it to this place or is that at that location it's like there's just there's it's not any it's not really any different other than some things are easier and some things are harder so yeah yeah so that was little life update anthony is not here with us as we've said five times he's probably still asleep um and uh still hasn't texted still hasn't texted, hasn't been, texted. it's two hours after <laughs> We'll, we'll find out in like four hours is my guess. Yep. But <laughs> Anthony is still at seminary. He is supposed to finish next year, right? Is that, is that the, I, I'm pretty sure that's the, uh, the situation. I don't even know. Press X. So, no, I think he's and, there for another three years. <laughs> We're just spreading. Just, he's not here. We're going to spread misinformation. Anthony's, Anthony's got three more years of seminary left. He actually, uh, he got a pet goldfish. And then uh, flushed it down the toilet <laughs> out of fear. He was just afraid of it one day. Flushed it down the toilet. That's the kind of guy Anthony Lighter I is. can actually see that. Uh, in yeah. And then, uh, oh, on top of that, he um, he recently got an iPhone. Um, and he, uh, he he blew it up just because he didn't like it. So that's, that's Anthony's, that's an update on Anthony's life. So I was always hoping... Now, Jesse, now that you're down here, it's like, okay, we've got three of us. Like at some point there, there could be a time where we could all, cause the first, so if we go way back to when this, uh, when this podcast started, we actually did our first episode with Eric, Anthony and I at the Los Sierra University church. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. And we recorded in that room. That was our first episode together. That's the only time we've been together for Well, we a, could have done it today, except for Eric has COVID or something like COVID, that. COVID, because he... Oh, gosh. Because he's... I don't um, know. I invited you guys over. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't on me. 
Eric's like, I just want everybody to know I was being a good host. Uh, I was, I was going to be a good host, but I, a host of the virus. They, they they wouldn't come. <laughs> but uh, so, but I was hoping, you know, once Anthony gets back theoretically next year, that all four of us would would be able to gather for the first time in one episode. Yeah, and Eric uh, I don't is know if, leaving. So yeah, it's, Eric's uh, really gonna, it's all Eric's fault. Eric's leaving Southern California in like seven, eight months, and but hopefully Anthony out. will visit in the next seven to eight months, and and the stars will align for us to do one gathering. Sean, you realize least. that if, if if Anthony said he was going to come on March first, he would show up on April first. <laughs> I just want to I just want to point that out based on today. Yeah, but but even then, I'll be before. Eric left. So as long as True. Anthony says he's going to get here before May, then we'll see That's him by point. the summer. That's a, good <laughs> so, point. That's a good point. So anyways, Anthony, I think is, is doing well. He's sleeping in. He had a crazy, uh, had a crazy Christmas break from what I understand, but, uh, he probably needs the rest. So, so. well, we should probably talk about, um, the, the season. Yes. Uh, pretty much this season we decided we were going to address, uh, some, one of the one of the bigger topics that we've we've avoided addressing, which is the the topic of um, LGBTQ plus issues and and that issue with the church. Now, one of the reasons we decided to address it now as opposed to before is we wanted to actually figure out how we could do it in a way that was meaningful, as opposed to just like either hopping on the bandwagon and trying to do it really quick, or um, or just not talking about it at all. Like we wanted to actually talk about how we we're going to do it meaningfully so one of the, the the way we're planning on doing it and we'll talk more about it in the first episode we'll lay it out in the first episode that starts that whole series but we're going to do i think it's around five episodes um with a, a variety of different viewpoints not with the intention of of pushing any of those viewpoints as much as engaging in a conversation with each person asking questions and allowing, if you're listening, allowing you to check out those, those either the point of view, like the worldview or the, the resources or anything like that, and be able to make, you know, decisions, decisions off of that. Oh, at the end though, on the, I think the fifth episode, we are going to have a reaction episode where we react to the whole thing. So it's kind of something that we'd ask for everybody to actually listen through all of the episodes before making any judgment calls even on like what we're trying to do because the goal of it is to have a long long term discussion over on 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 the whole thing yeah rather than just like a trying to pump out a a one one hour episode one and a half hour episode on it and calling it good so yeah yeah what else are we going to talk that's, about Sean well that's a that's a big piece that'll be our longest series this season for sure um we have some We've already, as of this moment, we've recorded a few different, um, few different episodes. So there's some other ones that we definitely want to. We've only recorded uh, two so far, and <laughs> and both of those involved me. Like this is when I was living at, we were living at Chloe's parents' house. I'm like under a sheet in the closet, trying to record with like my just my phone. So you might have some varying degrees of of, uh, of recording quality. But uh, we we did record one on swearing and. Yep. Uh, we're hoping to, to talk with uh, a couple other people. We want to talk about food, media. Uh, why does why does Christian media generally, why is it terrible? Like, why is it awful? And for that, we're going to have Eric on to defend himself. Uh, <laughs> defend his... <laughs> 
Christian media sucks, Eric. So tell us about your projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, agreed. And, and and there's yeah. So like Jesse said, we're we're gonna have different people on. I don't know if we want to name drop at this point because there's some that have happened and there's some Sean, that we don't have. We we have like one person scheduled. So <laughs> well, no, we're not name dropping. No, we're not name dropping. We've but we have we have things lined up and plans that will hopefully come to fruition. Uh but we we want to talk about uh also even just the idea of like is Jesus really coming soon? You know, that's a big part of Avenus identity. Uh how do we look at that? Can we hasten the return of Jesus? That's a big oh, piece I hate, of that. I hate that you even said that phrase. Not, yeah, but not that's so the phrase. That's to, the phrase, Jesse. No, I know, but I just hate the phrase. Like you said the word hasten. Hasten. Like, like hasten. What a, why? Just rolls like, off the tongue. Like hasten. Sounds like a boy's name Can we name make nowadays? Jesus come quicker? Can we make Jesus come quicker? Like, is that, yeah. uh, why is that not, can we just well, make Jesus return quicker? Like, I mean, can we, can we not just say that? Yeah. Um, Gosh, so, Sean, you're so old. Okay, well, anyways, that you already <laughs> said food media and then yeah other other exciting things and and we're hopefully going to find different ways to interact with you guys we've kind of messed around with some things like at halloween anthony and i did a little uh live stream that jesse like destroyed he just got on during that live stream and kept thwarting <laughs> anthony and i with nonsense yeah. questions that's what i'm here for but uh you know we might pop in once in a while uh to do stuff like that just little one-off small short things since our main the main complaint about our podcast is we go too long which is actually a pretty good complaint because even this introduction sean sean this is it's going you long keep mentioning you keep mentioning that this is that's the main complaint of that our is, podcast it is the main literally complaint. one person <laughs> on apple on the apple podcast review said it's too long one person has I, i've said had that, some people that's make passive complaint. comments i've heard some passive comments like yeah you guys go pretty long yeah well that's 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 see here's the problem is in this world where we're literally consuming tiktok reels that are like 13 seconds long that's all we're built for so what we're doing sean what we're doing is a fight against the 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 world of consumption we're telling people you have to listen for longer we're helping people develop better habit this is all garbage we just talk that's but i thought i was the old man I'm trying to I'm try, I'm trying to make it I'm trying to I'm trying to defend what we're doing by Eric coming is up. currently Eric's yawning. Literally yawning. Yep. Eric is Eric. currently <laughs> You can't see it, but Eric is yawning. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> Fine. Well you know what, Eric? I'm just gonna you know cut Eric, out why don't we just half this why don't we just end the episode right now? Oh. But but before we do um, at this, I'm putting pressure on Eric by mentioning it on yeah, the, yeah. on the air that we are going to have a merch store. Eric, in his lazy COVID days and paternity time away, has allowed him to set up a merch store, a merchandise brick and mortar storefront. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> a can digital. Imagine if we just Bridget opened a store. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine we if we opened three t-shirts? A, three t-shirts to offer in the Melinda. <laughs> Jesse, can you start selling oh, our merch man. in the? In the cafe there, I'll just—I'm just gonna sell it out of the green <laughs> Set a room here. Of interest. I'm just gonna sell it out of the green room and just like like really shady. Just someone shows up. I just like, where's the money? Give him, give him the shirt in a brown paper bag. <laughs> hey, kid, you want a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how I we're gonna do. Randy Roberts wearing that shirt. Anyways, yeah, yes. give him oh one. Gosh. So, if you want to support the podcast for some reason, uh, you know, it <laughs> it does cost us money to to run this. 
um, with website fees and hosting fees and all that stuff. Uh, you can go on our website, seekingsda.com, and scroll down. You'll find a link to our merch store. And right now, there's just one shirt design, which is it's pretty cool, I think. But uh, it's it's a pretty cool shirt. If um, hopefully there'll be some more in the future that I'll we'll, we'll come up with. And last of all, to end the episode, I just want to point out that Eric is bringing up the costs of this because Eric is usually the one who pays for it up front and asks for us all to pay him back. And Anthony has most likely not paid him back for most of the stuff. I feel like Bernie and that Sanders. Has been the, and that has been the first episode. I am once again asking for your financial <laughs> contributions. Please, please buy shirts to make up for Anthony's negligence. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, that's it, guys. We'll see you in the we'll see you in the season. All right. It's gonna be good. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Seeking What They Sought. To Jesse, Sean, Eric, you know, I just have a simple thought for you, and that thought is I have so much love for you. Thank you so much for being my friend. <laughs> Friends, plural. Anyway, thank you guys again for listening to this episode. If you have enjoyed Seeking What They Sought, if you've enjoyed the episodes, would you consider swinging on over to iTunes and leaving us a review? It's super helpful for us and it helps iTunes know that people are listening and there's there's stuff happening and uh, we would really, really appreciate it. So thank you guys so much for that. Now, before we end, we just want to say thank you to our beloved producer, Eric Edstrom, who's actually the winner of the annual German Made a Pizza and Then Ate That Pizza Award. Eric, we love you. You're fantastic. All right, everyone. We'll see you guys next time on Seeking What They Saw.